You may have gotten a little thrown off by the fact that we are having a Christmas Eve service and the text of the evening is from Paul's letter to a guy named Titus. Who would have thought that was coming, right? Titus? Titus? Did we just pick that one out? Was that a random shot there, Augie? Is that what that was? Okay, there we go. We opened the Bible, closed our eyes, and did this. And we came up with Titus. No, in reality, we, over the last four weeks, have really immersed ourselves in the story of Jesus' birth. We've immersed ourselves in that story as it pertains to Mary and Joseph. We've immersed ourselves in that story as it pertains to these night shift shepherds in the Bethlehem area. We've immersed ourselves in the story as it pertains to the Magi or sometimes what we call wise men. And we have immersed ourselves in that story as it pertains to the prophet Simeon, who in the temple celebrates Jesus' birth and entrance into the world. But here's the deal, brothers and sisters. It's not enough to simply know the story. It is necessary to know the story, but it's also necessary to unpack the meaning of the story. What does it mean? It's not enough to just say that Jesus was born. We must say, what does it mean for Jesus to be born? What does that mean for the world? What does that mean for us? And each of us must ask, what does it mean for me to know that Jesus was born? And so that's why we have letters like Titus, because it's a reflection back on unpacking that story of the entrance of God into the world. And so we begin at verse 11, where Paul says, For the grace of God has appeared. Appeared. Bringing salvation for all people. The grace of God appears into the world into the form of Jesus. Grace, another word. Jesus here. It's like that song, O Holy Night, that line that say, long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared. And then the soul felt its worth. Paul is saying that in Jesus, grace has appeared and salvation has appeared. Now for something to appear there has to be this thing that we call light. We take light for granted, don't we? I've got lights up here. We've got lights on the trees. We've got spotlights here. We've got lights on the candle. Lights all around us. This theme of light runs from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end. In Genesis chapter 1, first couple of verses, the very first thing out of God's mouth is, let there be light very first thing God created was light. Without light, nothing else matters. John 1 goes along with this in the scripture that was read during the lighting of the Christ candle. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Word in the beginning, Jesus Christ the light. What does light do? You ever stop to think about that? We sometimes just assume it's always going to be there, don't we? 
Well, one thing light does is it brings illumination. Without light, we are all blind. Without some kind of ray bouncing off an object in front of us, we're going to run right into it, aren't we? Also, light brings warmth. We all know the difference between the shade and the sun on a cold December day in Lubbock, don't we? We would rather be in the sun. And the moment that sun comes out from behind the clouds, you just feel it hitting you on the face, that radiant heat, and it brings warmth. Finally, without light, life cannot happen. Light is absolutely essential for the rest of creation, which is why God says in the first place, let there be light. Out of light, or because of light, the rest of creation happens. But here's the deal. Even though Jesus is the light of the world, it's not enough for Jesus to appear in the world alone. He must also appear in your world. It's not enough for this Christ candle over here to be lit. In a few minutes, you're going to have a candle. And a way of representing that symbolically is we don't just come in here and say, oh, that's a nice candle. No, this is a candlelight service, which means you're going to have your candle. And you're going to have the opportunity to put your candle in a position to where it will be enlightened. We must be lit ourselves. Jesus didn't simply come into this world to save us from a distance. He came to get close and personal. And He wants to get close and personal with you. You know, I fear that, that too many people really don't want to have their candle lit up. For too many people would rather stay in the distant shadows, protecting and carving out some meager existence with all of our options of coping mechanisms and habits and distractions that give us some sense of security and survival in the world. We all have them. They're all around us. But these things do not save us. The temptation is to come close enough to the light to see it, but not close enough to be enkindled ourselves. You see, getting close to the light means that, that we get exposed for who we really are and our sins and our insecurities and all the things that we don't perhaps like about ourselves or someone else doesn't like about us, the things that make us feel incomplete, the closer we get to the light, the more exposed we are. And we have to live with what we see and what we know. And sometimes it's just easier to keep our distance. It means to get close means not only are you exposed, but you also have to feel the heat a little bit. The light of life. The appearance of salvation might make us uncomfortable. That's pretty normal for the territory. To feel that discomfort and to feel that exposure. 
You know, exposure's taken on a whole new meaning in 2020, hasn't it? Who is tired of the word exposure? I know you are. Rand and I have four children. All four of them go every single school day into the Lubbock Independent School System. We have them spread out at the elementary, middle, and high school levels. We got all of our bases covered. Therefore, I am on an email list whereby if one of the 2,000 students at Coronado comes down with COVID or 700 students at Irons Middle School or 600 students at Whiteside Elementary, if any of those 3,500 students gets COVID, I get an email. And it says, you know, something like, we regret to inform you that there has been a COVID-19 novel coronavirus case at Irons Middle School. And it's the same email every day from the first day of school to last Friday. I've been trained to scroll down and look for one word. You know what that word is? The word minimal. It says, we are confident the exposure risk due to close contact is minimal. Once I see minimal, I archive it and it's out of my inbox. Praise be to God. Minimal, done. I can do it in half a second or less now. But the problem is here, folks, too many of us, too many in the world have merely a minimal exposure to the light of the world. Just a tiny exposure. Just from a distance. A minimum exposure that comes out of a desire, the desires of our hearts to say, well, I really don't want to read my Bible. I really don't want to get up and go to church. I don't really want to confess my sins. I mean, who does want to confess their sins? I don't really want to serve others or, or live for someone other than myself. I kind of like my setup that I got where I'm the center of my own life. I don't want to take the hard path of, of discipleship or walking in the light of transformation of character and soul. I don't want to feel the heat. I just want minimal exposure to Jesus. Just a little light way over there. And if you never get close enough to the light, you will carry around an unlit candle in your heart your whole life. You'll never be aflame with the power and the love of God. And so, my friends, if you are struggling, if life is hard, it's often in the midst of struggle that God wants to bring His light to us. And while there's a temptation to, to run or to back up, I just want to challenge you and encourage you not to be afraid of the light. Not to be afraid of being exposed. Not to be afraid of the heat. For the very thing that exposes us is what saves us. You know, Jesus came into a world that was every bit as much of a challenge as what we face today. The world that he came into was a mess. Jesus is no stranger to adversity, and he's no stranger to death. And he has come into your world that he may save you. 
He has appeared. Our salvation, our grace. He has come to save us from the guilt of sin. And He has come to save us from the power of sin. So do not be afraid to run toward the light. Do not be afraid to hold your candle and let that candle that came from the source itself light you up today. Light you up this Christmas. Don't be afraid to stay close enough to the flame long enough that you would find within yourself that God is igniting you.